You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting down with Dr. Tamika Henry. She is a board-certified family physician with an emphasis in functional medicine and the founder of Unlimited Health Institute, where she sees patients virtually all over the world. Based out of Los Angeles and with a roster of celebrity list of clients, Dr. Henry's specialty is functional medicine, which is a systems biology-based approach that focuses on identifying and addressing the root cause of disease. Dr. Henry's mission is to stop the problem before it occurs and create a practice where reactive medicine isn't necessary by using functional medicine to see what stressors and other sources are causing illness in her patients. She seeks to create an environment that enables her to connect with her patients, encouraging them to embrace life and set forth on a path that develops personal well-being, inner and outer beauty, and a healthier lifestyle. In her practice, Dr. Henry works with patients nationwide, including a wide roster of celebrity clients. She also is a best-selling author with her book, The Unlimited You Detox, and number one podcast, Rocket with Dr. Tamika, a podcast on Anchor. So welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much, Erin. So happy to be here. Yes, I can't wait to talk about all things functional medicine. So first off, why did you choose to go the functional medicine direction? You know, it's interesting when I think about my own health and how I had challenges as a kid with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, and then looking back at my, um, my parents and my grandparents and then aunts and uncles who were struggling in different areas of their health, I knew that medicine allowed me to like help people, especially my family. But as I did my career and I started to work in geriatric medicine and then working in nursing homes and doing different things that um, was like, seemed to be reacting to medicine. I felt as if like, you know what, there has to be a better way. So it's interesting when you start to look for certain things, like looking for a different path, you stumble upon it when you start to search. So I would go to these different conferences and then um, I stumbled upon another conference that was like functional medicine. I'm like, what is this? And as I sat in the conference, I'm like, this is what I should have been doing all along. (laughs) It's like, what was what we're going to we're trying to ask the question why hmm okay and then you sit there and you start to think about like different things that people do and you learn in your family right Aaron like oh you know if you have a fever they, my family would do something like get some potatoes dip it in vinegar <laughs> around <laughs> like all these home remedies and it seemed to be with functional medicine it was more of a let's go from a natural approach and then if we need medicine then we'll go that way so I stumbled into it and then just loved it yeah. And, and it seems like more and more people are looking for functional medicine practitioners. So why do you think there's an increasing need for that? I think people are sick of um, appeal for every ill. I think they are tired of being told that everything's all right and they feel, but they feel awful. Mm-hmm. They think that they're sick of prescriptions. Uh, and so they're like, I'm sick of the band-aids. And yeah. so they're searching. And the band-aids are a problem, right? Because it only lasts, the band-aid can only stay on so long. Mm-hmm. So when I think about them, and then I think about like how there's access to information everywhere. You can go on, whether you're a social media person, you're on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever it is, you're looking, Facebook, you're looking for something. And then you start to see what people are doing. And then you're going on, you're searching, all of us have been to Google University, right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I have a couple of degrees myself from Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's not a shortage of information. I think people are trying to do better. It's just a matter of how do we put all this information together because they want to be healthier. Yeah. And there's a danger in, in that 
Dr. Google, as you're saying, you know, there, because there's so much information out there. It's funny. I was just talking to my mom the other day. I, I struggled with asthma as a kid and she had mentioned giving me a lot of vitamin C. She's like, but at that time there was no way to really search for it. It's just, somebody tells you, yeah, vitamin C might be helpful, but we don't know. We didn't know. And then the doctors didn't know. And so I was just kind of guessing that that might be helpful, but now you can look up anything, which is a whole other sometimes dangerous <laughs> direction. Right. It's yeah. so true. Cause you can go, you can find anything the, what I tell people is, it's not that I um, discourage people from researching, but our bodies are divinely designed. We are unique individuals. So what may have worked for your cousin, your friend, your coworker, somebody you met at the market may not necessarily work right. for you. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. what I try to just inform people. Not that I'm against what's out there, but you are unique. You may not be able to do almond flour, but you, right. want to <laughs> you may not be able to. And I pick on almonds because I can't do almonds, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but you may not be able to do keto. You may not be able to do a, a low carb. It just depends on, you just have to pay attention. You know, Aaron, I think people at times we get so busy that we don't slow down and listen to our bodies. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We just keep going and going and the body's like, hey, that doesn't feel so good. And then we're like, mm, let me take a Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> let me take an Advil or let me take some Tylenol or let me just rub it a little bit and keep going. But the body's like, hey, I think mm -hmm. you're tired. Get some rest. And you're like, no, I got to soldier through. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to get this promotion. I got to help my kids. I got to help my husband. I got to help my partner. And we go and we go and we go. And then the body's like, that's it. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, absolutely. It's like blinking lights on the dashboard. So what are the common, maybe some of the most common health issues that you see people struggling with right now? I see a lot of people with challenges as it relates to their gut. Um, what I mean by that is they're either having heartburn, they're getting bloated, um, either too many frequent stools like diarrhea, or they're constipated where they're drinking some kind of tea or some other kind of concoction they've learned about. And they are just feeling miserable. At times they'll have what, what's known as oral intolerance, which means that I used to be able to eat this, but now I can't eat that anymore. I used to be able to drink this, but now that bothers my stomach. So over time, the body's like, look, I'm gonna, eventually you're going to stop doing this or I'm going to keep bothering you. And so that happens. And so I would say gut health is a huge one. I see a lot of individuals who are coming in who want to, uh, not be a diabetic or are suffering with diabetes. And they're like, you know what? I don't want to take all these medications. What can I do naturally to really go after this? Because if anything in medicine, the first thing that's taught to clinicians is, you know, let's start with some lifestyle changes. And for individuals, they really don't understand. I mean, they kind of get lifestyle changes, but what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? So when you're talking about reversing diabetes or going after it naturally, there's a lot of information. They're really trying to do better but not recognizing that like you can't do the oatmeal. It's too many carbs, but they're like the advertisement says the oatmeal will bring down my cholesterol. <laughs> the oatmeal will fill me up, but that's not the best thing. Uh, I see people who come in with um, in concerns as it relates to their hormones, whether that's their sex hormones, which is testosterone and estrogen, progesterone and so forth, as well as thyroid. Thyroid's a huge one. People come in concerned about like the thing may be I'm gaining weight, I'm cold, I'm not feeling the best. I think it's my thyroid. Well, let's look at some labs. And when I look at labs, when it comes to the thyroid, I look at eight different labs as it relates to the thyroid versus in a typical medical practice, they may look at maybe three different labs, a TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. They may look at a T4 and a T3. 
And that may not happen. They may just get the T4 and the TSH. And if they come out normal, then they're like, they're fine. But if you do a full panel, there's like, well, you got some other things going on over here. So people are like, oh, I knew something was wrong. And the, or I may be like, you know what, Aaron, there's not, it's not your thyroid. <laughs> Let's see what else is going on. Yeah. On that hormones, diabetes, gut, but big issues with gut. And I would say another thing that comes up now that mental health, anxiety, anxiety mm -hmm. and depression, which, um, it's at an all-time high and regardless of cultural background, regardless of whether you identify as male, female, they, whatever, this troubling them, you know, and foods can impact your mood, you know, good foods, good mood, bad foods, bad mood. And just that ties into the gut. So there's nothing that's truly isolated. Everything is connected. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Especially, I mean, if we're talking about gut health, it's also mental health and there's a connection there. I hate to interrupt today's episode, but I have an important question for the listeners. What are you making for dinner tonight? Contrary to popular belief, healthy eating does not have to be complicated or boring. Children and adults can learn that food is fun, delicious, and makes us feel better even when it's not pizza. I know we all kind of like pizza too. But if you are looking for the ultimate resource to help your family eat healthier, nutrient-dense foods to fire up those neurotransmitters to improve brain health, to improve energy function, then look no further. My friend, pediatrician, Dr. Alina Oltiano and I have come up with a recipe book just for you. It's called Brain Food for the Whole Family and it is available now on Amazon. Get that recipe book and I guarantee it's going to give you some practical tips and tools that you and your kids will enjoy. It's filled with really colorful pictures and descriptions of what our bodies need to function best. And my kids love it. I ran it by them first and they love it. They love learning about how foods make them feel. I will drop the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Do you see the people who are struggling with anxiety also tend to have issues at the gut level as well? I do. I most definitely do. Especially when you start to um, have people slow down and just pay attention. Because I think people get so worked up when it's dealing with their anxiety or the depression. It's like, I don't know. I just want to get rid of that symptom. And I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out what else is going on. Let's take a comprehensive approach. And that's what's really powerful about functional medicine. It's like looking at it comprehensively. What happened? What's going on in your life? What have you been eating? When you ate that, did you get more jittery? Did you have palpitations? Did you get bloated? Did your stool pattern change? And when we think about mental health, I mean, we have our feel-good hormones, which is our neurotransmitter, serotonin, dopamine, and that has an impact as it relates to our gut. So most definitely you see individuals come into my practice and you're like, okay, let's slow down. I would say 95% of the time, I'm going to look at your gut. Like, <laughs> let's find out. They're like, oh my gosh, you're going to look at my guest. We're going to get a stool sample. We need to see mm -hmm. what's going on inside your gut. Yeah. What kind of testing do you do for that? Oh, that's a great question. So first and foremost, I always start off with blood work because everyone's had their blood work drawn at least once. And I tell people when they go get their labs drawn, I'm like, look, it's going to be a lot. They're going to draw a lot of different vials. So just relax, drink some water. And the person who draws your blood is the phlebotomist. And the phlebotomist may ask you, are you all right? And I tell my clients to respond with, I'm just taking a comprehensive look at me, period. That's the first thing. So we'll start off with blood work. That takes about 10 days to get the results back. Once we get that back and we start working on a few things, the next thing that I may check, well, more than I would say 95% of the time is I'm going to do a stool study. Now that stool study that I do, um, it's not a lot of stool. It's probably 
just enough to raise this liquid line. And what we're looking for is that stool study will reveal bacteria that should and should not be there. It looks for yeast, worms, parasites. It looks for hormonal imbalances. Um, it can also look into challenges as it relates to leaky gut. So there's a lot that goes into play with that stool study. So remember, those of you who are listening, everything begins and ends in your gut. Everything. Yep. And it's 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 a known fact. So if you, you got a little weird, it's funny, my patients who have pets are the ones that um, get weirded out about uh, doing a stool study. I'm like, you take your dog for a walk. At some point, somebody has to pick up poo. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, right? But when you have to collect your own stool, it's just a little bit of stool. It just gives so much information as to what's going on as it relates to your health. So definitely starting with a stool study. This test that I do is called a GI, like gastrointestinal map, like you're looking at a map, GI maps. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that that for people who are getting, you know, just the entrance covered labs, the the conventional labs, right? Like that, and they're practitioners are saying, oh yeah, it's fine. You're fine. Everything looks good. Everything's in the reference reference range going to somebody like you and going, well, wait a minute, I don't feel right. And there might be other tests that can show me why that is. I think that that's really validating for people. It's very much. So it's almost like I tell people that it's not all in your head, Mm -hmm. not broken. You're not crazy. There may be some things we need to tweak but it's not all, don't get so like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong in this list. I just have to settle. So if you hear me and you're listening, you don't have to settle as it relates to your health. Never settle. Perhaps the person you're working with may not be a good fit and it's okay to change to a different healthcare provider who's actually hearing you and willing to work with you. So when we think about like the challenges that happen when you're talking about the standard range, you don't want to be normal. You want to be optimal, right? right? <laughs> my, my labs, I want to be as optimal as possible. So when you're looking at the labs and everything is normal, then that gives you like this uh, sense of, well, it's all in my head. And mm-hmm. no, it's not all in your head. You have your body. I tell people, you know your body better than anybody else. Yeah. You you really do. When you slow down and listen, like, you know what? I don't feel so good. I don't feel right. You know, let me do this. And you keep, the squeaky wheel always gets the oil. It's when you sit back and you settle and you don't do anything about it. That's when you start to have the long-term suffering. And then you're like, this is happening. This is happening. When we could have been proactive earlier on and then looked at it from a different perspective. And you want to have the right team on board. You need your primary care doctor. Then you have your functional medicine doctor to help you out. And then if you're with someone like me, I have a nutritionist and I have a functional health coach who's like, look, food is important because when you put the picture together, you put the pieces together rather, you start to pick at different things that are like, okay, how does this work for you? How does this make you feel? And then you have this dialogue where you partner together to make you be the best you that you can possibly be. And that's what we're after, right, Aaron? I want you to be the best that you can possibly be in, on the inside and on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and so many people are looking for that and they feel like they're trying all the right things, but they still don't feel well. And we're more stressed out than ever before, probably also right now with all of our notifications. And we know about everything that's happening at all times, which isn't healthy, but we also have, I read recently, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that 93% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. Is that the correct percentage? It's, somewhere... it's pretty high. <laughs> it's <laughs> high. And so that seemed really high to me, but um, can we talk about just metabolic dysfunction and things like pre-diabetes that I feel like more and more people are, are about in that range, <laughs> but they might look okay by conventional labs. So I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. 
So what's interesting about prediabetes is diabetes and prediabetes may not necessarily feel like anything. And I think that's the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. If someone has an ache or a pain or you have a growth, that's on alert. So it's like, hey, I need to do something about it. Versus when you have um, metabolic syndrome, when you have prediabetes, where you're a diabetic, you may not feel like anything. And so, yeah. and you may not even check your blood sugar for my diabetics out there. But when you are at a point where you're like, you know, you go in for, let's say your right knee is hurting. And then the doctor's like, oh, by the way, you're pre-diabetic. You're like, wait a minute. I came <laughs> here because my right knee was hurting. Maybe totally unrelated, but at the end of the day, it identified a challenge as it relates to your health. So when we talk about diabetes, the key thing and pre-diabetes is that we want to think about, look at the family history and you may have a family history of diabetes, but remember genes load the gun. It doesn't pull the trigger. So just because your grandma, your great grandma, your great aunt, your great uncle, your great, great grandfather had diabetes does not necessarily mean you will have diabetes, but you're put on alert. So when we think about our bodies and we think about pre-diabetes and diabetes, what tends to happen is diabetes comes along, high blood pressure comes along, and then high cholesterol comes along. Now you have the trifecta and you're placed on all these medications. Right. So we want to start with the basics, right? I think what I tell people is think about the basic, you know, what are you doing? What are you, what are you eating? How is it fueling your body? And how do you feel if you hear me and you're listening closely, never eat a naked carb. So what do I mean by that? If you are going to eat an apple, pair it with some nuts or pair it with a nut butter or pair it with something so you don't have a rise in your blood sugars. We want to have that st stabilized. Also eat. Many of us get so busy <laughs> that we forget to eat, right? We have, um, and those of you who are my intermittent fasters who skip breakfast, that's fine. But when you're eating your meal, whether you're eating eight hours um, on and you have the rather 16 hours off, making sure you're eating as clean as possible. Now, granted, you're going to have some bumps in the road and I call that life. But in the meantime, if you're having your, your balanced meal, you have your protein, you have a little bit of carb and you have your fats and so forth on board, your body will do better. It will work better for you down the road. Now, remember, don't beat up on your body if you're not the right size right now. If you don't, you know, you want to lose a few inches or you want to gain some weight. Your body has gotten you to where you are right now. So, Appreciate it. Be kinder to yourself. Remember, practice G and G, which is grace and gratitude, because your body has gotten you to there. And then we think more about metabolic syndrome. Many people don't like the word exercise, Aaron. That's like, ooh, exercise, the nasty <laughs> word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's practice the four-little word, M-O-V-E. Get up and move, yeah. right? Just do something. And I start with people, if I can get you to do 10 minutes of movement in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening, at least I've gotten you moving. When we had the pandemic was at its high, pandemic was at its highest, we were stuck at a desk, stuck at home, and people were gaining weight. And many people are still working from home. But even if that's the case, whether you're working from home or from an office, we need to get up, set up an alarm to move, set up an alarm to stretch, do something the body wants to move. So do that because that helps you in a sense that when it comes to these things like prediabetes, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, these issues that work against you, we gotta do things that's working for our body. So getting up and moving. And then how's your sleep? Oh, Aaron, so mm -hmm. many people mm -hmm. are struggling, especially as it relates to the level of stress they're under. And yeah. let me be clear, there's all types of stress. There's good stress. My son or daughter is graduating from high school. My son or daughter is getting married. There's a baby coming into the family. There's good stress, but there's also the stress where it just wears and tears you down, you know, where you're not sleeping. You're either eating too much of the wrong things. You're not eating anything at all. 
So that then tends to impact your body as well. So getting that under control, are you doing something to relate it to uh, getting, do you have a therapist? Are you journaling? Are you uh, meditating? Are you praying? Are you listening to music? What are you doing that helps you when you're in that little space that's like taking you down a path you don't want to be? And it's okay to like, I say, you can visit pity, but you can't live there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, I'm having a moment, then it's okay. Have that moment, but we got to come back because over time, when you have, you're under stress, you're not doing the things, there's a hormone called cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And cortisol can get out of whack. In the morning, your cortisol should be high. And then throughout the day, it should go down low. But when your cortisol is out of balance, that can cause down the road problems with your blood sugar and cause mm -hmm. problems with your blood pressure and cause problems with your cholesterol, all of it coming together. So although you may be someone that's like, you know, I don't get stressed. I'm great. I, I handle it. I don't have a stressful life. I'm doing well. This is wonderful. But then you're eating all the crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. right? And then that on your gut, on your body, and now you're achy, you're having migraines, um, you're not processing food, breaking it down, absorbing and digesting accordingly. So there is no escape route. The body eventually will come back and let you know. So yeah. when we think about prediabetes and we think about diabetes and we're thinking about what can we do, think about just getting back to the basics, eating as plain as possible, being kinder to yourself, getting enough rest, doing the things that help you be the best you that you can possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. And so many of us, we look for thanks to Dr. Google, right? We look for these like magical, you know, fixes or quick fix or whatever, but the basics are so powerful and we totally overlook those because we're looking for the shiny new, whatever, right? You're so right. We're looking, if there really was the shiny, the shiny, bright, fix everything pill, Whoever invented it would be a multi-trillionaire. I don't even know how much the guy uh, Bez uh, Jeff Bezos makes. I don't know. It'd be way, <laughs> it'd be way more than that. But it's a matter of there is no quick fix. There isn't. And even if there is a quick fix, we can go down the pathway of, you know, people are doing uh, semaglutide, which is the Zimbic for mm -hmm. weight loss and diabetes. At the end of the day, if you stop it, it's all going to come back. Yeah. So there is no quick fix, even if you, and I'm not against those things, but you still have to do, get the rest, get the water, get the exercise, think positive, mm -hmm. eat the right foods. It still, it still goes back to the basic. It yeah. does. You can't escape it no matter what. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something I'm seeing more and more as those Zempics and the glutide. And it looks like a lot of people are loving it, but at, I have seen those studies that show that it's, it, there's the rebound weight when you stop. And it's not an excuse for not taking care of your body. You know, it's, you still got to deal with those things. So what are, what would you say are like your non-negotiables, like the big health no-nos that you think should be a no across the board? Do you have, do you draw hard lines like that? I can't say I draw a hard, hard line because you have to meet people where they are, right? Mm -hmm. I, what may work for patient A may not work for patient B. So for instance, I had someone and I was on a bike ride and I heard someone say, you know what? I eat really clean, but I'm not giving up my Pop-Tart. <laughs> so sure. do I really go after them because of the Pop-Tart or mm -hmm. do I recognize that Pop-Tart? I don't know what, what's in it, <laughs> but that's a happy space for them. And they may have that Pop-Tart a couple of times a week, whatever, but is there a hard line? Um, my hard line more so would be so along the lines of you not believing that you can get better. Yeah. Like 
really working on the mindset. If I could have a hard line would be, please work on your thought life. Do not beat yourself up. Do not be in a space where you can't move forward. Recognize that this may be a challenge or maybe the people who are close to you will start to say, hey, I'm realizing you're too down on yourself. So how can I support you or help me? How can I best help you be the best you can possibly be? Because the mental, if I were to talk to some high school kids, some 20 year olds, um, even some 70 year olds, like what's your thought life like? Because it really wreaks havoc where you stare is where you will steer. Mm, if I like you keep that. going down this pathway of, oh, I, this is not going to work. I don't know. Nothing ever helps. Nothing ever helps me. I can't get better. It's like, okay, are you done with the soapbox? Let's talk about what wins have you had this week? Just give me two. Oh, let me help you. You woke up. Okay. That's a win. I know it's basic. I understand. But what's a win? And we don't focus on some of the wins because we get hit and life is coming at us at all different paces, Aaron. It's coming sometimes too fast, sometimes too slow, sometimes the wrong way, not what we anticipated, what we prayed about, what we hoped for. And so we get into this funk mm-hmm. and then it's the downward spiral. So how do we help those individuals who are there saying, you know what, I'm having a moment. Okay, let's recognize that, but let's start to go back to where can we change it? And sometimes it means that sometimes you just got to get up and change positions, maybe do some jumping jacks, maybe put on some music and dance, maybe call a friend, maybe sing out loud, or maybe say, say out loud, audibly, no, I'm not thinking that way. It's okay to talk to yourself and say stuff like that, right? So my absolute no would be, if I were to reframe saying, I don't have an absolute no, my absolute no would be your thought life. You cannot beat yourself up. You cannot. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And you know, it even makes me think of our nervous system and HPA axis and how that starts at the brain, right? Like we're talking about hypo hypothalamic pituitary right. and that impacts everything else. So maybe can you explain even that cascade and how important it is to manage the thoughts, manage the stress so that we're not sending the wrong signals? So I think at the first part, if we just keep it basic, let's talk about something as it relates to many people are familiar with. If we think about our thyroid, right? Mm-hmm. Our thyroid is in our neck, but where the thyroid begins, the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone, it starts in our brain, right? So we have our brain that function. I'm just going to go a little bit off topic, but I'll bring it back. Yeah. The brain makes TSH and then the TSH comes down to your thyroid, which is at the base of your neck. And it says, Hey, make T4. T4 is inactive. T4 gets converted into T4 and to T3 and then to reverse T3. So T4 goes to T3 and reverse T3. What you need to understand is T3 is in as T3 is active, reverse T3 is inactive. The reason why I bring up the thyroid is this. That process I just described not only happens in your thyroid, it happens in your thyroid, it happens in your liver and it happens in your gut. So if we mm. think about that HPA axis and all the things that it does, and I just named one, and then you're over here, you're feeding the brain takes up the majority of the energy of your body. So if you're taking all this energy towards negative thoughts, all this energy towards, I just can't do anything, and you're just focusing there, you're draining the rest of you. And then we can't even, I have don't even have enough time to go into when people say they're tired, right? I'm just tired. So my question Mm -hmm. to you is this, are you physically tired or mentally tired? If you're physically tired, then you don't have enough food on board more than likely. And then if you're mentally tired, then I start to think about brain inflammation. So Mm. all of this is going in together. And we think about this HPA axis and all the stuff that we feed it and how the body repairs and restores. And the only time we repair and restore is when we're sleeping. So the HPA axis can't get better if you're not resting. Mm -hmm. 
right? So I gave you one cascade about the thyroid, but there's several thousands of different things that's going on inside your brain. We only use a small percentage of our brain. So what we can do is feed ourselves with the right thoughts, feed ourselves with the right foods and move in a direction that helps us be the best that we can possibly be. And it doesn't happen overnight. We want a quick fix, everything, right? We do. We want to get better fast. And I get it because look, we have, my grandfather used to tease us a lot when I was younger. He would say, "We everybody wants this snap, crackle, pop. He hated microwaves. <laughs> we want it quick. <laughs> we, want it, we want it quick and fast. But it takes time. Yeah. We just need two millimeters of movement. And with that two millimeters of movement, what happens? We get better and we get better and we get movement forward. And it's okay if you take a few steps back. You know what that's called? Life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's such a great explanation. I think it's going to be so helpful for people. And I also know that a lot of what you do comes out of your own personal struggle. We didn't talk about this yet, but you, as a child, you were diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, correct? Correct. Oh my God. So how, what have you done to manage that since then? And what was that like for you? And, And I know that plays a role with how even you manage your life now. Oh my gosh, it definitely does. Um, when I was uh, very young and gosh, I was in the hospital a lot from 18 months to probably seven, maybe about seven to eight years of age. So in and out of the hospital with aches and pains, um, dealing with challenges as it related to juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And what I knew at a young age is because I had such a great medical team working with me, that I wanted to become a physician and looking at how I deal with it now. So for instance, if you know me and you've listened to me, you've heard about me, you know that I like the worst candy in the world. I like the ooey gooey, chewy gummy bears, the things worse for your teeth. But when I eat that, <laughs> like my, my, my state, like right now I'm still, let me just be, I'll confess. I have to stay away from Trader Joe's right now. because <laughs> they, <laughs> Yeah. They have the good stuff. They have some good stuff, right? Trader Joe's is great, not <laughs> knock on it, but they have this one candy that every time I walk into the store, it's like, come get me. But it's cinnamon dragons and they're just ooey gooey chewy. <laughs> but when I eat that, I know that I can be fine, but I can feel it in my right knee. It's like, it's I'm achy and I'm like, it's the dang dragons. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I'm just highly aware when I put sugar in my body, um, a certain amount of sugar that is, that especially processed sugar, that I'm going to feel it. So when it comes to me and I think about like how my body deals with various things, I know that I can't do uh, cinnamon dragons, processed sugar. I don't do well with corn. And I say this out loud, not to just talk about me, but many people, your body tells you. And so by me having JRA, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, my clinical manifestations of it now comes about when I eat certain foods. Mm -hmm. So- when I eat the process of the cinnamon dragon, or if I have popcorn and I have what's called an allostatic load, all of us have an allostatic load. An allostatic load says your body can tolerate so much. And then once you pass that, all the symptoms start to kick in. Mm-hmm. For instance, you may eat some popcorn. And once you eat half the bag or more, you start to feel bloaty. You may feel a little brain fog. You may feel like you want to go to sleep. Perhaps you can eat maybe two handfuls. You don't feel any of that. So your allostatic load depends on how your body is um, processing what's going on around it. So if you're under a lot of stress, you haven't been sleeping, maybe your allostatic load, your threshold has dropped, or maybe you've been doing really, really well. You've been doing well for a while. The things don't bother you as much. So when we think about my body and different things as it relates to JRA, I'm just more aware 
And so I tell people when you're going through different things, especially as it relates to gut health, as it relates to feeling more angst or more uh, uh, depressed mood, how was your sleep? What did you eat? Who was around you? What happened at work? How's the relationship at home with your family, with your kids, with your pets, whatever the case may be, because it all ties into your body, no matter what you're going through. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you brought that, that allostatic load up because I think that is important. And we, and it's different again, what you said, the beginning, it's different for everybody. My load is different from your load and my tolerance is different from your tolerance. Right. And I think that we, we need to take that into consideration as we're learning to listen to our bodies. It's huge. So uh, my last question that I have for you, it's my favorite question to ask. And the name of the show is sparking wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Stick to the basics. Don't complicate your health. And I have that one piece of advice. And if you could remember anything about that is the basics, the B being work on your body, the A, B, work on your attitude. The S would be more along the lines of who's your support? Like how your primary care doctor, do you have a nutritionist? Do you have a therapist? Your I, are you working on your immune system? The C, who's your community? Who's your your team? Who's your rah-rah team? And the S is, Supplements should be just that supplemental. Mm. Don't go and take a whole bunch of supplements thinking it's going to fix everything. So stick to the basics. That's good. Glad you mentioned that about supplements. That's a whole other episode, but that's important because we do. Sometimes we, we just want them to be the cure-all when we're not doing the basics. So I love that. I love that acronym. I'm a big fan of acronyms anyway. (laughs) So tell me how can people get in contact with you and work with you and your social media, all of that. Oh my gosh. Definitely follow me on Instagram. My handle is I am Dr. Tamika and Tamika is spelled all kinds of ways. So that's T-A-M as in Mary, I-K-A and DM me and we can, we do in my practice, what's called a complimentary unlimited health strategy call where we jump on a call. My team and I will jump on a call with you for about 15, 20 minutes to figure out what's going on and how my team and I can be of service to you. There's that component of it. Also, if you go to my website, unlimitedhealthinstitute.com, Check out some of the blogs there, download some of the free downloads, listen to some of the webinars on diabetes, hormones, autoimmune, and just get a feel for functional medicine. And also on that website, you can schedule a a complimentary unlimited health strategy call. But that's the two easiest ways. I'm totally, this is my personality. So if you can handle it, I don't deviate. This is me. Yeah, no, I love it. I love your energy. I love your passion for what you're doing. And I think that it is so needed right now. So thank you again for sharing and for being part of the show. Uh, Thanks for having me and have a wonderful day. Me too. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.